0: My name is uh, Pastor Eric Norris. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And uh, it is my privilege to be able to welcome you to 2022. Um, Happy New Year to you. Um, we're glad that you're here online. We're glad that you're here as well. Um, so, New Year's brings just a sense of new beginnings, doesn't it? It's uh, a sense of new diets. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but uh, new diets, new exercise routines, New Year's resolutions. Maybe for those of us that are slackers, it would mean a new commitment to attend church more regularly or get to work on time more often or get to school. Uh, so maybe that's the newness that we, uh, that we need. For some, this year we'll bring new relationships and new homes and new cars um i hope for all of us it brings a new end of the virus the whole virus thing i hope that it brings physical and spiritual healing for us and many many blessings so new year just means new there's a new freshness again welcome to westview when you came in you probably picked up a uh, what do we call these connection card worship guide um so it's it's i'm, I'm that age too and so on the front of that if you're a guest we welcome you we'd encourage you to fill out to the front part of that we'd love to get to know you You can leave that um, in the offering boxes at the end or just hand it to one of us there are a couple of announcements here I just would draw your attention to Um, one harvesters takes place this Friday it it says December 2nd but it's actually this January 7th Um, and so just I want to encourage you for harvesters January is always a hard month because one it's cold but people still are in need. And so if you can help this Friday, that would be awesome. And then life groups are going to kick off in a couple of weeks. And so maybe one of your New Year's resolutions is I'm going to find a life group to participate in. So you'll want to check those out. There'll be more information on those um, coming up next week. So, again, there's just something about new that makes us feel good. So do you remember the last time you had that feeling of something new? Uh, where you got something new, new shoes or a new car, and and you just got that sense of, uh, oh right, this is awesome, and that lasts for about 30 minutes, and then you're ready for something else new, uh, which is kind of the way that new works. I've shared with you before that I grew up in a large family. I have five brothers and one sister. I'm number five in the list, and one of the things that I remember is we didn't have a lot of new growing up. In fact, a lot of my clothes, because I was number five, came from number four, three, two, and one. Well, not number two. Three because she was my sister, so I didn't wear a lot of her dresses. But uh, a lot of clothes were handed down. If they weren't new, my mom probably made them. Which, when you're a nine-year-old, cool, a kid isn't cool because everybody else has store-bought Levi's and you have the old homespun. I would long now for my mom to be able to make some clothes for me, so I miss that now. Then I probably didn't appreciate it like I should have. But as I mentioned, the sad thing about new things is that newness wears off, and in just a short time, we're ready for something else new. If you were to ask any of my siblings, my sister included, one of the things that that we nowadays that we talk about every time we get together is how we get a sense of excitement every time we get new tires. Now, I know for some of you that's an odd thing, but for me growing up, new tires was a thing. We didn't get them very often. In fact, we knew the stores you could go to to buy the $5 used tires, and one of my favorite Christmas movies probably sums it up best in Christmas Story with Ralphie and his family, they're coming home from getting their Christmas tree in the old car and they have a flat tire. And the narrator who's narrating that says, tires to my old man was just tires in the academic sense. They were round and once made of rubber. That's kind of the way tires were at my house. We all knew how to change a tire. When we got home, we knew how to break them down and patch them. And I was so thankful that finally somebody invented plugs. Now, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but when they came out with plugs, you could just jam that tool in there with a piece of rubber and it, and it fixed it. You didn't have to break them down. That saved me a lot of time growing up. And so new tires has always been a thing. If my siblings are watching online, they're going, because that always comes up in our conversations. Well, today, what I want to do is talk about new And I think when we talk about new in the sense of things we're gonna talk about today, new is very undervalued, underappreciated to some of the things that we experience new in our lives. We have a brand new year. It's a year that's filled with new opportunities if you're a resolutions kind of person i am not i don't do resolutions but just the whole sense of a fresh start something that i get to do uh, the whole COVID thing maybe this is the year that COVID finally we get a new uh, sense of freedom from all of that so there's just something new that's why on 1201 a.m on january 1st we get excited don't we i don't know some of you even stay up for that <laughs> I know that because you shoot your darn shotguns at 1201 when I'm trying to sleep. And you didn't shoot them since last year at this time, so just leave them in the closet, all right? I'm I'm sorry, I digress. But anyway, there's just a sense of excitement. But let me let you in on a little secret. There's a newness that comes from the God of the created universe that's the most beautiful, awesome story of new that there can be. In fact in Revelation chapter 21 we read behold I make what all things new and we read about a new heaven and a new earth and they're gathered around the throne and they're singing new songs there's just a newness that comes from God that's unlike any other new that there ever can be and I was thinking about this as I prepared for this sermon today um, I knew I was going to go to go this direction and it started me thinking about Genesis and the creation story. Now, when I think about that, I thought about something I'd never thought of before. So without a doubt, we can probably agree that God created all things. He is, one of his attributes is new creation. God is eternal, right? He's always existed. There was no beginning to God. There will be no end to God. So what I begin to think about is the whole idea of creation God is eternal and he's a creative God but my scope of understanding about new is a moment that the earth was created when I start reading in Genesis and I can assure you that God didn't sit around in total nothingness until one day he thought hey I'll make a world and some people he's a creative God he is always created and so that's very important for me theologically I had not thought about that before That God has always created. I I heard Billy Graham say one time in an interview years ago, they asked him, do you believe there's aliens? And his response kind of shocked me. He said, it would be pretty small of me to think that the God who created me couldn't create something else out there from Billy Graham. I hadn't thought about that before. So God is a creative God. He creates new. It's a miraculous thing. And it's also very important for us because the way that I think about new and creation shows the limits of my ability to understand and even worship God. Because my, I have a starting point. And with God, there is no starting point to new. God is eternal. One of his attributes, attributes is to create. And so he created new. And what we're gonna talk about today is he created n- you new. And that's very important so I didn't do sermon points but if I had this would be number one so you can write it down if you want we've been made new we were made new that's a tremendous miracle it's much bigger than new tires it's much bigger than a new year the moment that you and I surrendered our lives to Christ the Holy Spirit comes and made us new brand new 2 Corinthians is our text for today, chapter 5, verses 14 through 18. And we read this. Since, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that we who receive a new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. That's what I'm talking about. The human point of view has limits. The next verse and one time we thought of from a human point of view how differently we know him now and then verse 17 this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? a new person the old life is gone a new life has begun and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and he's given us the task of reconciling people to himself and that word new, new comes from the Greek word um, kahenos. And it means recently made, fresh, recent, unused, unworn, unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of, brand new. Now, let me make some observations from this text to make the point I want to make in just a little bit. First of all, when we believe in Jesus, a death occurs. There's a funeral. What's the funeral? It says the old life is gone. I bury it. The new life has come. What is the old life? The old life are those things that control me. Now, those things that control me, I want to, to bury. I, I die to those things, and now I take on this new life. Now, that's why we make resolutions. It's our way of saying, I don't want those things to control me anymore. I want something new to control me. And so, the old is gone, the new has come, there's a death. The second thing we see from these verses is Jesus sets the example of a new life in those verses. It says, he died for everyone so that, and you've heard us say before from the platform, anytime you see those two words, so that, underline what comes next, because it's pretty important. Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, but others. Jesus set that example. He set that example, if you recall from Luke chapter 9, when he's riding into Jerusalem the last time, there's a verse there that says, he resolutely set his face toward Jerusalem. He knew the old life that he knew it was gone, and he mourned that a little bit. But he knew that he had to do that so that this new life could come. And so Jesus set the example of what that new life looks like the old's coming to an end there's a new life waiting for me next point new life means a new way of thinking when the spirit of God controls us the way that we thought before changes and in fact let me back that up it doesn't change it's made new so the moment we accept Christ there's something new that takes place in us because the spirit now controls us and then last there's a new way of working we no longer work for ourselves we work for others and let me just say here it talks about our task and our task is reconciling what those who don't believe to god and folks there's a lot of whole, a, a lot of worldly talk out there about reconciliation let me just remind us that reconciliation will never happen until this reconciliation takes place that's our task we hear a lot about this kind of reconciliation and yes that needs to happen but that's going to happen when this reconciliation gets straight that should be our focus that's a sermon for another day so i want to challenge the way that we think about the miracle of new we were made new when we were made new here's what didn't happen God didn't look around and say, hey, there's a spleen and an unused left arm. I'll use that. I think that heart will work. No. The God of the universe who created this whole expansive universe created you new, brand new, unused, unheard of, unprecedented. That changes the way I should think about who I am in Christ. There's a difference between a 1957 chevy that's been restored and a 1957 that you would go buy brand new off the lot isn't there one is brand new the other has a little rust on the frame some revised parts maybe some that weren't original parts folks you're all original when god made you new he made you with all new parts in fact there's some churchy words for that it says that uh that this miracle that takes place is the miracle of justification. And justification is the act by which God moves a willing person from the state of sin or unjustified to the state of grace or justified. And we are made righteous, which is being made right in the eyes of God. The only way that we can be made right in the eyes of God is when he makes us new. And only he can do that. Brand new. Now, sadly... And when you drive a 1957 brand new off the lot (coughs) or any new car for that instance what happens it depreciates what means it already begins to lose value and rust and unfortunately in our lives we were made new but we live in an old world and that old world keeps pulling on us and it wants to throw some rust at us that happens in our spiritual life as well. So that leads to my second point. Not only were we made new, we are being made new. We are being made new. So I don't know if you've known anybody that has a restored car or you have one. Have you ever watched them on Saturdays? What do they do? They're out there polishing and washing, rewashing. They make sure nothing's within 35 feet so it doesn't ding it. Oh, if we would just treat our spiritual lives like that. But sadly, when we are being made new, we can't do it. No matter how much money we throw at it, only God can make us new, and only God is in the the process of making us new on an ongoing basis. That's the second miracle of being made new. And it's very important for us theologically to understand this point. Because if we see ourselves as refurbished trash, in our minds it's always trash but if I see myself as a new creation brand new created by the God of the universe man that's power that's different than being restored refurbished trash and we are being made new in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 that's why we never give up though our bodies are dying our spirits are being renewed every day just let that sink in for a moment now now i know what you're thinking well if i've been made brand new why do i still have fallen arches and a bald head well we still have old bodies but one day we're going to get new bodies when when that new heaven and that new earth and we're singing that new song we get new bodies but until that time god does something even better he makes what's important new that's the eternal part of us, the things that will last forever. That's what he's ongoing basis making us new. We have a, a churchy word for that, too. It's called being sanctified. When we surrender to Christ, we are sanctified, which simply means we are set apart for him. Not only are we initially sanctified at that point, thats we were made new, we are being made new, which means our sanctification is, be, is progressive. It's being ongoing so we were made new and we're being made new day by day by day every morning his mercies are new which means i get new grace which means i have new opportunities amen that's good news according to according to icom.com or inc.com i'm sorry january 19th is the day so what day am i talking about the day christ returns no it's the day the average day that most of us lose our resolutions <laughs> our diets are gone our exercise is out the window uh, we've lost our commitment to come to church every sunday so january 19th is the day but folks god's creation never expires that newness never expires the promises he makes to us never expire So, there is no end to this newness that He's made, this sanctification that's taken part, this set apartness for His glory never wanes, it never fades, it's always new. I am always new, I am always being made new. And that's extremely important in our spiritual journey. Because we learned a couple of months ago in our spiritual warfare series that we have an enemy. And that enemy constantly likes to make me think that I'm trash, doesn't he? Constantly likes to make me think that I'm a failure. And it reminds me every time I break a resolution, see, you can't even keep a simple resolution. How can you be a good Christ follower? He doesn't waste much time with those who aren't his followers, but those who are his followers, he spends that extra time in harassment to make sure that you don't believe that you are new Paul reminds us of that in, in in his letter to the Philippians. He's telling the story, and he says, forgetting what? Those things that are past, I press on. So let me ask you, what are those things he's trying to forget? Well, what was Paul's background? He was a church killer. He went around and, and tried to stamp out this thing called the church. He was killing Christians. So Paul says, forgetting those things that I used to be, I'm going to press on, but folks i have news for you he's not just talking about those old bad things in his life because a little earlier he says i don't think that i've already attained these things some of the things that we have to forget are the good things that hold us from what's ahead the living testimony stuff some of the things that we need to forget aren't just the old bad things the bad decisions i make, used to make they're the good things that i like to camp on that keep me from moving forward and being a reconciler I need to forget those things and every day I need to press on toward the goal right are you hanging in there yeah. but, well, don't fall asleep yet because we're just getting to the good part so we've been made new we are being made new and we're being made new for a purpose therefore third sermon note we have a new song to sing we have a new song to sing a new song that gives us purpose in life it helps us answer the what am i here for question in psalm chapter 40 verses 1 to 3 we read i waited patiently for the lord to help me and he turned to me and he heard my cry and he lifted me out of the pit of despair out of the mud and mire that means he made me new he cleaned me up He set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walk along. And so he's been with me as I walk, that being made new, that ongoing process. And he has given me a new song to sing, a song, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see that done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. Now, let me read that again just so you get it. The result of being made new and the new song that you sing many will see what he has done and be amazed and they will put their trust in the Lord that's the reconciliation part Mark Hall of Casting Crowns sings a song that was one of my favorites he says let my life song sing to you may the words I say and the things I do make my life song sing bring a smile to you I want to sign my name to the end of the day of each day knowing my heart was true Now, I know it's a reminder to you, but reminders sometimes aren't a bad thing, that every moment of our life is a song. Somebody's listening, right? Now, before we become Christians, we sing an old song, and it's a song the world knows. It knows the lyrics, it knows the ending, it knows what we're about but the moment that we are made new in christ we have a new song and it's a song the world doesn't understand because it's new it's fresh it's unheard of it's unseen that's what happens when we're made new is we get this new song it's a song that the lyrics are unfamiliar to the world but it's my song so the question i have is what's your life song when you're at home and nobody outside your home can hear what's your life song when you go to work tomorrow or school this week what's your life song what are people hearing if you're a Christian it should be a new song it should be very unfamiliar to those around you am I right it's a new song so we were made new we're being made new we have a new song to sing why because you were made for a purpose you were made for a purpose Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for we are God's handiwork the NIV says we are God's masterpiece we are God's masterpiece he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago now I want you to think about masterpiece imagine that you are there when God creates the universe and the world how do you think you would feel You'd be overwhelmed. Folks, you are a masterpiece. The same God that created this universe created you. You are a masterpiece, and He created you, and long before you knew what you were going to do, He knew what you were going to do. He planned it for you. That's your song. That's your song. And so, from that song, we have to learn All right, so what is my song and here's where I'm going to get personal with you I'm going to share something with you that changed my life I was raised in a Christian home been a Christian all my life and like you I have experienced that made new moment when Christ I accepted Christ and he made me new but like you probably too I felt that need to be ongoingly made new because I've done some stuff that just you shake your head at I've been there even when I was pastoring and I was trying to figure out what my song was, it just never seemed to, to come to me. And I would sit in a group of pastors and I'd listen to them talk about their churches and this and that, and I'd sit there and I'd think, I must not be a real pastor because I don't think like that. What I'd really like to do in my church is kick them in the seat of the pants. And one day someone said something that changed my life. We were talking about the new song And they said your new song is unique to you do you know what your personal mission statement is and i went you see as a pastor i know about mission statements i know about vision statements i know about the things we're supposed to do to rally you in this mission we're supposed to do and even my personal mission statement yeah i I know the great commandment right go and make disciples of all nations easy how And until I went through this exercise that I'm going to walk you through, I was clueless. And then somebody said, you have a song that's unique to you. Do you know what it is? And finally, I went through this exercise, and then it went, oh, it makes sense. And when I say this, you're probably going to look at me and say, yes, it makes sense. You see, here's my personal mission statement. I exist to challenge those who are in my care or in my circle of influence so that they are moved from the comfort of their faith to the uncomfort of the action required by their faith. Then they in turn can challenge others and together we'll change the world. You see, I am a challenger. Which means I'm not gonna be the pastor of a church for 20 years, you're gonna get tired of me. Two years, but you know what? I'm okay with that, that's my song. And before, I was trying to sing somebody else's song. I was trying to pastor a church the way that they pastored a church. And it wasn't until I went through this, and, and I, it freed me, because my song is my song. It's something God put in me, and your song is your song. And it's different than my song. That's why it's important that I know my song, and you know your song. And when we all come together, it's a beautiful choir that changes the world. So I am a challenger. What are you? What's your personal mission statement? Well, let me help you find it. I'm going to ask three questions. I'm going to even ask you if you have a pen, you might want to jot some things down while it's fresh in your mind. Here's how I found my personal mission statement. First, what what was I made new from? What was I made new from? Now, I've told you you're new and the old is gone. You're brand new. But in the infinite wisdom of God, he uses the old to do something new. And usually he takes what he's made you new from, and that becomes a part of your passion. For me, I was raised in a pretty strict legalistic church. I was challenged regularly. I've had to learn how to make that challenge a positive thing to lead others, and not the negative thing that I came out of. He's used that past to help me challenge people in a positive way going forward. So what were you made new from? What's your past? What does he set you apart from so that you can do something for him. I would encourage you to take some time, jot those things down. If I was creative, I would have had Mark Hall's song, life song playing in the background. I don't, and I'm not gonna sing it. So what has he made you new from? What are some of those things in the past that, tend to you, to, that you hold on to? Those are things he's probably gonna use to help others. Second question, what am I passionate about? You see, the God who created me, He created me with certain passions what are passions passions are those things that i would do every morning when i woke up whether i was paid or not (laughs) now most of us go to jobs and, and we do what we do because we're paid to do that but there are some things that i'm passionate about that i do because that's how god made me and so god takes my past and he takes my passion and he molds that all together to create my new song my ministry the way that I do things so what are you passionate about is it life is it death is it church small groups is it teaching is it leading is it singing there are passions that are part of your life that God will use to shape your song but you have to know what those things are make sure you pray about this one because your idea of what your passions are may have gotten out of whack along the line you may need to go back to God and say all right God is this really a passion or is it something I've created Or is it something the world's put in my head? Third question, who has God put in my life? Like our past and like our passions, the people in our lives currently or who will find their way into our lives in the future, they're not there by accident or happenstance. The people in your life are people that God has woven into your life to be a part of your song. Now, caution. The people that immediately come to your mind are the people that you see regularly, your family, your friends. Folks, there are people in your world that may be a part that you need to think about. Might even be somebody that you don't care for. Might be an irregular person, as we used to read about in the book at one time. There might be people that will become a part of my life who are my enemies. So who has God put in your life? They're there for a purpose because God's not only working in your story, in your song, he's working in their story, in their song. And in ways that they're just, I can't think about, he's able to match that all together and make it work. It's overwhelming to me. So what am I to do? I'm to sing my song. And I sing my song by knowing what my passions are, what my past is, when I look at the people in my life. And from that then, I begin to shape my mission statement. How has God made me personally? What's He called me to do? What's my song? I would venture that a lot of you are trying to sing somebody else's song. That's what I did years, spent years, years doing. My challenge to you this morning is to find your song. It's a new song. God made you new a purpose he's given you a new song for purpose and that purpose is to reconcile the world to him how are you gonna do that folks you're in the choir you're singing what song are you singing so as we prepare for offering let me just challenge you because I'm a challenger spend some time in this new year filled with new opportunities to find your song to spend time thinking about what you're to be singing is it a song that the world recognizes or is it new and fresh because when you sing that song people become aware of God and then we read in that verse their lives are changed that's how we make disciples is by singing our song would you pray with me Father This morning, we stand in this brand new year, a year you knew would be here way before we knew. Father, you know what's going to happen in this year. Father, my prayer is is that you in this year would give us a song to sing, a song that the world hears and they say, that's different, I like that song. A song that changes me, and as it changes me, it changes those around me, Father. Father, would you help me understand that I am made new, that I am not trash, I'm not reconstructed, I am brand new, filled with your Holy Spirit, and your mercies are new every morning. You make me new every day. Father, would you fill my day with opportunities to sing my song, a song that you gave me? Would you fill my heart with joy and adoration and praise? Help me not get caught up in, in the, the lyrics of the world, which are times are so depressing. Father, help me to bring hope and peace and joy because I'm singing your song. And Father, I ask this in the power of your name. Amen.